7.01, the podcast edition of The Morning Reboot. Um, good morning. We got some audio, like other than us talking, uh, some music to play shortly to start, but a visual, one of us is naked and the other one has way too much facial hair under their nose and above their lip. Floyd, do you want to mm. spill who is who? I mean, uh, mm, I'm naked. <laughs> I've got a big bushy mustache. Oh, so here's, can I, can I say something? No, no, so this is, no, we don't, we don't say anything here. <laughs> we just sit in, this is the only podcast where we, I'm changing the format. We sit in silence. I'm very fortunate to be at my age and not have like certain gray-haired areas, minus my artificial gray hair on my head. I dyed my hair. Are you saying um, that you don't have gray pubic hairs? Yeah, 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 that too. But all my gray hair is in my nose. Because, like, I'm at that age where, like, I'm starting to notice, like, gray hairs and stuff. They're all in my nose. And the reason why I know is because I always think they're boogers. I'm like, uh, what is that white thing in my nose? Yeah, so, yeah, literally all my gray hair in my nose. All my gray hairs are in my nose. So I guess there's worse things that could happen, but yep. What well, I guess I was 30, I guess I was 37, about your your age. Uh, like during around the end of the, the old show, so three years ago now, maybe four years ago, I noticed a gray hair on my chin and it didn't freak me out. Um, I don't know why. I mean, I know some people have some serious anxiety and get all kinds of feelings about things like that that are like obvious signs of age. I think I was okay with it because I always dealt with these uh, these nagging injuries that made me feel old. So I had already felt that way. And now, I don't know if it's true that like every time you, you shave or trim or whatever, two more sprout. I think mm-hmm. it just has more to do with like, uh, you know, every day you're getting older. Like every, find me someone who's getting younger. And I mean that like in actual time wise, but yeah, there's like, I don't know, four or five that I see on my chin and, and I'm fine with it. And no gray pubes for those keeping track. At home. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's like when, um, like when you said like people like, oh, I have a gray hair and like they're, they have like a, a life meltdown. Yeah. Like, like from one gray hair, I'm like, calm the hell down. Or it's like when people, um. I'm turning 30. I'm like, yeah. okay, guess what's going to happen next year? You're going to turn 31. Guess what happens after 31 and nine years? You turn 40. Like, is I never, I never got into the hype of like turning 30. Like, there's my friends right now who will be turning 30. This, well, they've been turning 30, I should say, because most of my friends are around my age, but whatever. Um, if 30 is around my age of 37. But they're just like, oh, my life is over. I'm like, well, you know what? Bills don't keep coming in, so your life's not over. Do they have kids? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, calm do, down. Do those people, do those 30-year-olds have kids? No, it's, because, uh, like, I guess in the gay culture or community, it's called, like, the gay death. Like, you're no longer desirable at 30. I'm like, bitch, I don't know what you thought. But, like, I loved my 30s. I never want to be in my 20s ever again. Ever. No, I wasn't a messy 20-year-old, but, like, I feel like there's some wisdom that comes with being 30 that you're just like, oh, I, I know life now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I think I'll get some more wisdom at 40 to be like, mm-hmm. oh, you know what? 30, 30 wasn't bad, but I can excel more in my 40s. Like, I don't know. I just, for me, I, everyone's different. I just don't, like, when people was like, what period of time do you want to go back to? I'm like, 36. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't want to go. I don't want to. I don't want to go back to the 20 in my 20s. Never. So I don't I, I've probably gone into it a, a couple of times with you or whatever. And I, I have I told you that when I was in like beginning in 2007, I had all these nagging, mysterious pains. And long story short, it was from anxiety that was undiagnosed. And literally, mm-hmm. I was burning my body up from the inside. Um, so when I was 28, I felt 48. And even when I, when I was young, in my younger 20s and my hair was going away and I'm like, screw this for shaving it. Like that had made me feel, instead of 24, I felt 64. So I, <laughs> I feel like like you, I don't want to go back to my 20s. I did all my aging then and 
I, I don't know what it was. I think because um, in 2018, I was chasing this uh, this stomach thing and it was cheese. But I remember I, I had really stripped my diet down. And for like the first time ever, I saw little baby ab muscles in me. And that was like the physical peak of my life. Um, and who knows, like now I'm past 40 and it is what it is. Um, but you pointed it out. It, what you what you lose with physical things and all that, you, you gain with experience and wisdom. It's like uh, the Taylor Swift song, Cardigan. She talks about how you know young people not knowing anything are getting accused of that. Well, I mean, look at the world. It, it, it's pretty true, and this is why we have so many differences, but if we could only come together, because young people have the passion and the zeal and the energy Older people are a little more biased, but they have more experiences. Imagine if like we could put that all together. And that's what I try to do with myself every day because yeah, what you lose with the physical, you gain with experience and knowledge and wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, but I will say, I, 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 I would not fight to have like my 23 year old back back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but other than that, like this is, this is, it comes with, the territory of getting older it's just like i'm not dead i'm not struggling like everything's just you know i keep my like i'm only 37 like i can't complain yet because like one day if if god willing i'll be 67 and if keep pushing i'll be 77 now we all know me i don't want to be like 97 that's just that's not a goal of mine like i know people's like oh It'd be so awesome to reach that goal. I'm like, is it? Mm-mm, not me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to wish death upon me, but like, if I do keep going, I guess that's a blessing. But like, 87 is a good year. Like, I like 87. 87 seems like a good like. You know, I've seen some shit. I lived through some things. I lived through a pandemic. I've seen terrorist acts. Um, I've seen so and so win Academy Awards. You know what? I'm out. Boom. You know what I mean? Like, I see my nephew graduate college. He has a family now. I'm out. So, yeah, we're good. Uh, Since we're talking about, like, age differences in us, um, I'll come back to the song I want to play for you or the audio, and I'll go into the... um, So, and I don't want to belabor this, because sometimes we get too too buried into the weeds with some anger, but we can do that here on the podcast. Um, The colleges you saw the Oklahoma State thing right and and you're aware of like people going back to colleges and people are not exactly being safe you've seen this stuff right I see that and I also read an article of the OSU guy who started a petition which made me mad and I was like Ugh. yeah the, the the quarterback get over yourself the, shut the, up the quarterback <laughs> um, I hate the word shut up but I'm like get over yourself Hush, yeah, don't you want to live the the biggest story I saw was was Oklahoma State uh just, Big welcome back fraternity and sorority parties and people oh, are back in. Pe- pe- you tagged me in. Ye- yes, yes, yes. I did read that. Yes, I read that too. I'm so, sorry. I was so there's on a different page. Stories like that, and I guess because of the heat out west in California, people are heading to the beaches. But you can. It's probably easier to be safe there. So I have, and and thank God. Well, not thank God, but nice work by St. John's with how stern that email was. <sighs> about, hey, look, you're going to do this, no sports. So they put both of their feet down, and and shame on some of the parents. I know you can't watch your kids 24-7, but in times like these, you've you've really got to drill down. And and there is kids being kids. We were like that, but I think you and I knew the lines not to cross when it came to Barry and Natalie and Donna. But when it comes to, like, the college stuff, like people cramming in bars, here's here's my offer, okay? Um, it's a little Thanosy, but whatever. Again, we know there's an election coming up. You can don't write me in because you you help a cause. But just consider me for another time or, or something. Um, if you want to do those obviously unsafe things, I'm not talking about like you go downtown Toledo on a on a Saturday night and all of a sudden it gets a lot busier. Like yeah, you could have thought about that, but but I mean clearly unsafe things and. We just talked about how you feel like you're invincible when you're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. We felt like that. I'm sure of it. Oh, I'm not, I don't need health insurance. I'm never going to get sick. You feel invincible. So here's my, right. <laughs> here, here's my deal to those people. I Go ahead. Go do all that, un, that obviously unsafe stuff. 
party at bars, have frat parties, fucking bang whoever you want. Go go after the normal viruses that you're used to that you can go to the uh, campus uh, nurse practi- practitioner for for a quick antibiotic. Go for, do it all. Ha, ha, enjoy yourself. Be 21. Be 20. But here's what I want you to do. Three days after that, I want you to pick your favorite grandparent and go sneeze on them. Oh, you don't have a grandparent? I want you to pick your favorite uh, immunocompromised sibling or relative, and I want you to blow some droplets on them. Not even that, but like, cough or sneeze in your in your classroom with your professor. Oh no, no, no! You you, you got to do it. You got to do it to somebody that you really care about. And well, they're going to care when they don't get that degree when their professor is suffering and that can- that class is canceled. I'd rather just so ignorant. I, oh, I'd yeah, rather have them, it. you know, risk the life of a relative or, or loved one. And I know that there are people who who will ignorantly go, you know, it, it, when you tell them it's not you, it's who you could pass it to, someone you love and care about. It's like I know it's it's risks in life, but until that person, <laughs> and we've seen all these stories. Until thank you for that accent, because I, 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 I thank you for that accent. There are so risks much. in life, and, and there are risks in life, and this is my God, my country, my COVID. So and <laughs> exactly I exactly who it is. We've seen these stories. <laughs> where they don't get it until they get it or someone close to them dies. So that that's my trade-off. If you want to be clearly and obviously unsafe, and we've got so many words, it's verbal gymnastics, recommendations, guidelines, protocols, mandates, whatever. Go to that party with 200 people. I don't care. But when you're done, I want you to go home and sneeze on your grandmother. And I know that this is just what people have been saying for months now, like, if you do this, you're endangering such and such. Now I actually want you to go sneeze or put your droplets on that person. Okay? I mean, it, I, I can't be any more graphic than that. So It's so crazy because, like, I don't think we've gotten our numbers yet since the, I call it the adult mandate, where, like, bars had to shut down and certain other restrictions that have happened. Like, I'm playing, I'm beyond that. We're used to that now. That's normal for us now, shutting down at 11. But, um... It's funny because I remember they're like, the second wave is coming. It's coming from the people at bars, people protesting. Oh, now look at this, this, this fifth wave, as I should call it now. It's it's affecting kids and schools and like all this stuff. And I'm like, did this even come against anyone's radar as we were so quick to reopen stuff? Like, I say it at least twice a week when we do this podcast. What a time not to have a child. Right. But... The thing is, like, they need education, but, like, I just, what, was that the University of Oklahoma? Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, whatever. Like, that, those 23 people affected by that, that could have been avoided. Yeah. You know what I mean? It could have been avoided. Like, I know, I know. What's that Green Day song or whatever? Time of your life. Like, I get that. That's what it's for. But, like, I mean, college just started literally four days ago like you know what i mean you you legit have like the whole year to party but like let's do a ranger right now woo i'm just like eh. but and i think about these kids like elementary school they're like like the georgia school um and i'm sure more will pop up as school kids start going back to school it's just man i, just, I don't know it's just at this point i'm just like i even said this the other day and then i'm probably gonna get hate mail for this but i don't care bring it I've been called worse things. I'm at the point, like I said, I just think everyone should just, if everyone's living like everyone should just get it and then just try to survive it. That's how everyone's like perceiving this now. Oh, and I wanted to tell you, the girl who made my mask, the the first mask, your Mm -hmm. mask. Yeah. She's officially a COVID survivor. I didn't want to speak on it. I'm not going to say her name, but like she just got released from the hospital the other day. So like for me, it's not affecting me personally, knock on wood or knock on wall. Um, but I'm seeing these pockets of people that I know around me getting it and they're following guidelines and they're following mandates. So I'm just like, if these people are following these guidelines and mandates, what about those people who aren't like, you know, who totally just take that third, that line of defense out. And they're just like, you know what? Fuck it. And like, you got people, like the girl who made my mask who's like 
a homebody who literally just sews for a living. You know what I mean? And, and she got it. So I'm just like, and she had the, the lines of defenses up. So like, let alone have, and these 23 people who tested positive will also interact with 23 other people. Yeah, You know what I mean? And that's how a spread starts. I don't think people understand that though. Yeah, there's some, <laughs> there's another COVID conversation. Oh, I know, just stop I know. It. And l- l- last thing on this, because you're right, especially the people who like to say there are risks in life are also the people that like to say there ain't no guarantees in life. Well, yeah, apply that to, to safeguards <laughs> like you just described. You you can do everything right, and you can you can still catch it. That's that's the problem with this. But um, all right, I I don't know how you're gonna do with this because you have never brought it up to me. But it's a Beyonce song, so maybe you will have a thought on the movies. But let me play this for you. Yeah, who is this? Uh, I don't think you love it because, like I said, you've never talked about it. So, who is that? That is the the Bellas reforming from Pitch Perfect. So, Rebel Wilson, Anna Kendrick, and more doing that for a a charity effort. I think for, for UNICEF. Oh, girls. You know I love the Pitch Perfect movies. Oh, do you? I didn't. No, I didn't. I know. do. I love them. Oh. I love them. But yeah, what we're not going to do is kids about that song, and that's exactly what that sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, I hope they raise money for charity. But that's such a hard song to sing anyway because she hits those octaves. But yeah, I don't. I, you know, I have to stand by my original thought. Why they choose that song? Out of all the Beyonce's catalog, you choose "Love on Top." Which one? Which one uh, do you think would have been a better choice for charity or for them I to perform? Lo- I get "Love on" like a Beyonce song that's not so hard. Maybe. Oh, she has so many gems. Maybe something from the B Day album because that was more of a party album. That was a good album. Okay. Like maybe something fun like Upgrade Ya or maybe even Deja Vu. Because they have Esther Dean in the group. She could have done the Jay-Z rap. Okay. Yeah, I, can't, yeah, I, can't, I stand by that. Um, I didn't know that you were a big fan of those movies. You've never brought it up. We talked about it before. I don't remember. Because the third one was kind of disappointing because they weren't an acapella group, really. They became like a pop star group. And I was like, no, But I was like, I like the cover, so we're good. I remember that. I remember you saying that. Um, I, so you probably saw my Facebook post. I don't know. Are you on or off this week? Um, so I'm on for me just to gloat about the DNC, but I'm not watching. I'm not reading anyone else's stuff because I don't want to be triggered. All right. So I, but, it's like 50, 50. Like this? I'll scroll for like five minutes. And then if I don't see you within that five minutes, move along. So I have not seen your update. Wait, no. The only update I saw was yours. What did you spend sixty dollars on this weekend? I was like, "Well, I spent this much." <laughs> um, no, I I checked my mail yesterday, and I got something for. Or, well, I, I don't know how long it's been in there, but I got something from the Board of Elections for mail-in voting, and it's it takes less than it over uh, all, licking the envelope shut. It takes less than one minute to complete everything. Um, it's very simple. It's very easy. They send you the ballot. Now, whether the post office still exists in, in two months or whatever, I don't know. I might have to, like, walk it to wherever um, rather than the post office. It don't exist. It's in the Constitution. <laughs> well, I mean, the Constitution could just be, like, uh, ripped up shreds of paper before uh, November 3rd. I don't know. I mean, the post office. It's illegal. I know. I, I know. But <laughs> you know what? Illegal. When when you, <laughs> I'm sure they told that to Vladimir Putin too, and he's like, "I make rules now. No, there is nothing. Everything I do is legal, or whatever." Um, I mean, he can do that. He's a dictator, right? He, right. he don't have to. He don't have to answer to like a sitting in a house. He Every, can just wake up one day and be like, "You know what? I don't want to call it Mother Russia no more. Welcome to Vladimir Land." Putinville, like, <laughs> the Putinville. Yeah, and they're all like. You know what? I like Putinville. We live here now. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay. People, people, like four years ago, were like, oh, don't worry about Trump. He's going to get impeached by Congress. I'm like, not if he dissolves Congress. But anyway, uh, so again, it takes less than a minute to do all this. It's very easy. Um, it, and it is easier than actually like going and getting in line. And forget about the, the, the frivolity of it's ripe for cheating and all this other Wait, stuff. Did you vote? No, 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 no. But I, oh, okay. I sent. I, I have the envelope and I've completed it. I got to drop. I got to put it in the, um, put it in the mail. Um, and it to, comes with a tracking thing too. You could track oh, it too. Yeah, you can check online to see wh- whether it's been registered or not. My favorite part, though, one, I would expect there to be postage on it. Like that's just a nice gesture. Don't. I get it. But the, the an even better part was my return mailing address was on there because I, I I send very little mail, maybe a couple of pieces per month, and I mm-hmm. hate writing my return address on there. And it's one of the things that I miss most about my mom. My mom, like, again, she was not, not like affectionate and nurturing, but very secretarial and made sure, you know, things were taken care of. Whenever, mm-hmm. whenever I had moved someplace, my mom would always make sure I had return address labels, you know, because she'd have <laughs> she'd have these magazines where there's like a pullout and you put your address in there, and for uh, the cost of free and five ninety nine shipping, you have a billion return return address labels. And since my mom is no longer here, I don't have any, so I write my return address on. But I was very pleased to see my name and address on there, and I am more than delighted to send that thing away so I can get my mail in ballot for my my as yet undecided vote. Oh, well, I, I haven't got my ballot yet for my decided vote. So, um, <laughs> um, I'm always afraid when I write a letter. Well, I don't really write a letter. Like, I pay my rent through mail, like all that stuff. I'm always afraid they're not going to re- be able to read my handwriting. Me too. But I have decent handwriting. And I also drop it off at the post office, and they're like, oh, should I put this in so-and-so's P.O. box? I'm like, sure. Yep, that's where it goes, because don't try to read that handwriting. It looks like an EKG reading. All sharp and jagged. I I feel exactly the same. I put my driver's license number uh, on one of the three options. It was you do photo ID, driver's license number, or last four of social. Um, And the first letter of my driver's license is U... But after I wrote wrote it down, it it could be a U or a V. So I'm like you, and I always assume Eric. That is an easy letter. My my handwriting is abysmal. You you people would probably wonder if my eyes are open and if I'm writing with the proper hand with my handwriting. It's that See, bad. I, so See, I, I I'm just hoping, and maybe you do this as well. Whoever has to read it, hopefully they're smart enough that it could be like a five or a three and they just keep plugging it in until it works. So for me, I have a more pressing issue. So like one of my numbers slash letters is a zero. Right. <laughs> so every time I write, I'm like, that looks like an O. Then I rewrite them and go, oh, that looks like a tall O. Like, I'm just like, I hope they understand this is a O, not this is a zero, not a O. So I'm just like, oh, so I'm just like, this is stupid. Yeah, that that's a harder letter to figure out. Not a U. So a, right. a U is a I, soft V. You just do a little curve. Un, unless like I I take less than a second, or, or unless I take my time to write it correctly, I am now sending you a picture of what are you doing right now? I'm looking for my phone. So you okay? heard me tussling for it. I yeah. don't know where it is. You, you sound like Darth Vader. Do I? Oh, that means it's under my blanket somewhere. Well, I just, oh, no. I just well, text- keep talking while I look for it. Well, I, okay, so I just texted you. I took a picture. I wrote a three. There it is. Without slowly doing it, I just write it how I would normally write anything, and you can see what that looks like and try to describe it because right, I got it. My threes are terrible. What the hell is that? That's my three. What is it? And then you that that's a backward C. Yeah, my threes are awful. I love that you put it next to her actual number three, so I can see the comparison. Like I don't know what the number three looks like oh, since like nineteen eighty four. No, I didn't. I, I didn't. That was that was surely coincidence. Where's that at? Eric. Yeah, that's my my what writing. What is that? Have you seen my handwriting before? 
close to it. Is that a six? Uh, or a G? Yeah, that's a six. Mm, don't you ever write a letter. I li- ever. I'd I like- be like... I like, like he's stroking out right now. <laughs> I told you. Like, are you writing with the right hand? Are your eyes open? I like to say that my writing has a time limit. If I can't, rem- like, if I look at my notes tomorrow for what I had written down today, unless it's legible or I remember what I had written down, I don't. I can't read it. Your writing has a time limit. Yeah, like if I can't. What's your time limit? Point two seconds. I, no, no, no. I mean, like, I write something down. And if I go to refer back to that, like within the hour, I will remember it. But if I go back to that a day later, if I don't remember what I wrote, I can't read it. What the hell is above that? Is that a T and a Y? That is a I need t- you to post. I need you to post this picture when you post this All podcast. Right. That so is people a, understand what's happening. I don't is, know what that is. That's a T O P. It says top. No, that does not. How dare you insult my intelligence? That does not say top. All right, I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna yes. do. I'm not laughing at you. I am. Yes, you are. What the hell? Okay, to each their own. You know what? We're not going to remember. Old Floyd would crucify you. New Floyd's trying to get right with the Lord. So, if you can understand it, that's all that matters. That's your handwriting. There's... You could have been a doctor. I know. What the hell? Okay, okay. Can you read okay. anything? You're else? making. You're you're making. Time marks. I see it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, now it makes sense. So if I refer back to this tomorrow, un- unless I remember what I, I, I wrote, sorry. I can't read it. Okay. Okay. I can understand the right side of the paper. Right. The left side. Okay. 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 I see top 10 now. Okay. The other words are important. All right. I see I top know. now. All right, but, there we go. <laughs> but m- mostly illegible. You could have been a great doctor. You're uh, you're cutting in and out. Oh, I was digging in my ear. I had an itch. Uh, did you see the Ellen stuff? Is it the producer who talked on the Australian show? Uh, well, I, I may, maybe I, or a staffer. I don't know. Three of them. Three of the producers. The one big dude responsible for a lot of the inappropriate stuff. Uh, three producers got fired, and they got back to production yesterday. And she made a surprise in the conference Zoom call or whatever to continue the apology tour. You know, I mean, she's doing the right thing because, like, yeah. like you, like we, like we had stated before, like that's a huge staff. Like her studio, like. I didn't think of the scale of it. Like we think of the Ellen show. We see one studio, like she's on like the Warner brothers lot. Like we think, Oh, everyone works from in there. But like, there's like pockets of offices everywhere. It's kind of like when we perfect example, when I was in studio, a salesperson would come in. He like, do you know this person? I'm like, no. And right. then you like, yeah. Or like when someone else would come in, you're like, Oh, Lloyd, have you met so-and-so? And I'm like, no. But I'm like, hello. And I was there for like a good two years. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm still meeting people. So like, that's how I look at it when like someone's like, Ellen was mean to her staff and said, was she? Or does she just not know who they are? Because like, I don't, there's a lot of people I work with at the department store. And I'm just like, who the hell's that? And like, my boss is like, that's so-and-so. She's been here for like 10 years. I'm like, oh. Hey girl, like yeah, I'm still meeting people, and I even though I've been where I've been for a year now, so I get it. So it's just, I think we kind of vilified her too quickly, and I'm guilty of it too. I I'm didn't throw myself out there too. I didn't. I'm vil- guilty of throwing shade at her. Okay. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm okay. here. I, I'm just saying, like, like it's just none. It seems like none of this came from her personally. It was just like. The Ellen show has a very hostile environment. Like, well, what did Ellen do? They're like, well, it was a producer, actually. And you know what I mean? Like, or when Ellen walks in the room, you can't make eye contact with her. Well, guess what? If I'm worth, like, as much as she is, don't look at me, peasant. Yeah. I sign your paycheck. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, first off, if if the one thing that Ellen DeGeneres doesn't want me to do is look at her, that's fine. I still want my paycheck next week. I'm going to look at Ellen. Like, oh, Floyd, what do you do? Oh, I work on the Ellen show. How is she? I don't know. I really don't interact with her. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I I think it's just super. I mean, we know this. We we understand it. But there's a lot of people who 
who just like can't grasp it. And, and that's why like I always I actually just read a, I was playing a new video game the other day and one of the lines and it's a super it's the Avengers game. Um it starts out with like they say never meet your heroes because you find out that they're human beings and they have a lot of flaws and you know we see the less than 1% of Ellen doing her show and doing these nice deeds but all the other stuff is maybe she's a pretty prickly person. Okay, so what? I said it before, remember I said, remember, not everyone is nice. Right, right. Or <laughs> Everyone's not walking around with sunshine and rainbows. Like, sometimes, sometimes people are just shitty. And it's nothing against them, it's nothing against you. It's just the way their personality is. I'm sure I'm not pleasant sometimes when people meet me. And I'm just like, that's fine, you caught me on a bad day. Yeah. But, you know what? It is what it is. I can't change your perception. I mean, I, I like I said, I just think we vilified her too quickly. And like I said earlier, I'm guilty of it too. I tossed some shade at Mr. Generous and I was just like, you know what? You're supposed to be nice all the time. And how dare you treat your staff like this? However, I don't know personally. I wasn't there. I literally live a day and a half away from California. So I don't know what's happening. I'm just going for hearsay. But I thought you were going to bring up um, a staff of hers did an Australian interview, Australian radio interview, talking about the Ellen show. I'm just like, first off, anonymously, I should say. So I'm like, first off, why did you go to Australian radio? Why didn't you go to, like, Elvis Duran or Seacrest? Like, someone like, you know, like, or Howard Stern. Someone with, like, a bigger platform in America. Because, like, I listened to the interview in Australia, and they kind of were just like, oh, good day, blah, 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 blah. Like, asking questions. And, like, she was going into detail. And they, you could tell, we know, we work in radio. You could tell, and we've done these interviews before, you more than me, but I've been in on them, where you're interviewing someone and you're just not interested. So, but you got to try to make it entertaining. No, I get it. Yeah, I think it was uh, just like, why go to Australian radio? Because like, hey, yeah, she she's she's syndicated, so she's played over there. But like, it's kind of just like you could tell that like a producer from this radio show was like, hey, we 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 got this 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 American who worked on the Ellen show and we're going to talk about it. You can just tell during the interview, they're kind of just like, this does not affect us. We don't really care. And they're like, so why are you talking to us now? And they're like, there's no better time than now. And and even the one lady on the show goes, but we're in Australia. (laughs) And and it just got awkwardly quiet. I'm like, that would be me on the interview. Like, bro, why are we talking to you? We don't care. Yeah, yeah, I they flashed uh, that a woman I think you were referencing up on uh, CBS this morning, so yeah, um, and we'll never know all of it. And uh, Ellen seems to be doing the right things, and there's probably some wrong there. And um, yeah, you you again, you, you don't meet your heroes because you'll find out things that will really shatter your image of them. Um, mm-hmm. Ready? I'm gonna I'm gonna get uh, Jeff on with us, and he. Sent, uh, hold on one second. He sent over the theme for the trailer game last night, and I was like, Oh, that Floyd's not going to work with that one. But then again, I, I, I figured <laughs> maybe you'll be better than I think, um, because it's not an unknown actor, and you seem to excel at, at this game. Unknown random stuff, yeah. No, all these, these movies are not unknowns and randoms. I mean, <gasps> to me, they are. They did I tell you I finally watched Avatar? About 11 years too late. Are you ready for the sequels to come? I mean, by the no, time... No, I hated that movie. <laughs> I hated it. Um, it's uh, it's Pocahontas. It was very weird and uncomfortable, and they were connecting hair to horse-like creatures. I was like, this is stupid. Get off my TV screen. Yeah. Um. Hi, Jeff. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this today? Uh, Jeff, I need your volume up if we can pull that off. He's in the distance. Uh, I'm sorry about that. Is that any better? A little bit better. If you can give us a little bit more, that would be helpful. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. But, uh, okay, maybe I'll speak right. up a little bit. That's How's good. That? There he is. That's good. Um, so do you want to tell, I told Floyd I was uncertain how he'd do with this theme today for the trailer game, but he does well with whatever. So what's our theme today and why? Well, because ultimately we're looking at the lifetimes and career of one Mr. Russell Crowe this week. And uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> I know like three Russell Crowe movies, but okay. Well, well, you may you may know enough or or more than you think, because you know it all depends upon your it, breadth of your experience in terms of like his career, because he's been he's been around as a mainstay in Hollywood for over twenty years now, and add in the fact that. Uh, he's got a new movie coming out this uh, coming Friday, which is one of the first wide releases of the post-COVID era, entitled Unhinged, coming out this Friday. Uh, so if you're looking for something to see somewhere outside of your own home, there's your option this week. But we're going to be looking at the history of Russell Crowe on the big screen, Oscar winner, uh, multiple major hits, and also multiple times that he was not quite in a big box office hit but it worked out okay for him like uh he was originally of course is pretty famous that he was originally uh cast to be uh wolverine in uh, the original x-men movie uh and then eventually dropped out for reasons we'll get into in a little bit uh but you know all things considered that worked out pretty just fine so all right so let us get into this one and uh fingers on buzzers or rather vocal cords on alert as we go to number one on the list please good sir who is he will you move your helmet Floyd. and tell me your name Floyd, Floyd. is this gladiator? gladiator that's gladiator yep that's Very the one well movie done. i know <laughs> floyd is on the board with his one and only potential point at this point very well done right. that was gladiator from 2000 <laughs> The movie that he ended up doing instead of X-Men, and uh, he won his Oscar for that one. So I, all things considered, I think that did okay. So, but, uh, all right, so Floyd won. Eric, nothing yet, but there's plenty of chances here. Let's go to number two on the list, please. John Nash was one of the most brilliant minds of uh, his Eric. generation. Go ahead, Eric. A beautiful mind? That's the name. Very well done. I, you did it. You said that very uncertainly, like you weren't quite sure what the title was necessarily. There's that one. You know what it is? I confuse that with Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, fair enough. They came out in roughly the same time, but they are very, I mean, they both are centered upon, like, uh, the world of academia, but uh, they are wildly different movies in terms of, like, content and tone. So, but, uh, but uh, Beautiful Mind, which he was also nominated for an Academy Award for, and also won Best Picture. So he was in... Two movies in two years in a row that won the Best Picture Oscar. So, so Eric won, Floyd won. Uh, okay, we'll get this out of the way. Number three, please. I dreamed a dream. Floyd! Floyd, go ahead. That's Les Mis. That's Les Mis, yeah. I, I, I had to put it in there somewhere, and I knew that Floyd would get it instantly, so he might as well get it over with. So that was like we sing that opening song and I'm just like, ugh, get off the screen. You could just <laughs> get, a, get it done six instead of seven and you could have just given Floyd that point and said I was gonna I was gonna play Lay Miz, but <laughs> but at the same time I mean you've heard that opening beat in a few different games now that I figure at some point maybe Eric would have a chance to actually jump on that one. But you know, I'm I'm probably presuming too much. So <laughs> Floyd two, Eric one. Let's go to number four on the list, please. A king does not bargain for the loyalty that every subject owes him. Eric. Go ahead, Eric. Robin Hood. King Very good, Hi. Eric. Very well done. That is the Robin Hood remake, reboot, whatever you want to call it. I guess it, it technically isn't a remake if, if it's a source material that anybody can use. Right. That was from 2010. Did you? Did either of you guys see I, that one? I did. What it was? Uh, there was a black actor. As is it Jamie Foxx? It was Jamie Foxx. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one you're referring. What you're referring to, but I think I, I, I think Jamie Foxx is in that one. Yeah, he, there was a certain. surprising role played by a black actor, which back then I was very unused to. But it, but, at the, but what I found interesting about that one was that it took place entirely before the time that you would expect that you know, the Robin Hood story would be about. I mean, it was about everything leading up to him being, uh, you know, robbing from the rich and giving to the poor. It didn't really have anything to do with the with the famous aspect of the story. So uh, was, There were no black... I, Floyd, I think we're thinking of the 2018 one. Oh, yeah, that was the one with Taron Edgerton. Yeah, you're, you're thinking of a okay. different Robin Hood. Yeah. This, this Robin Hood had, like, in 2010, and I, I like those big epic movies back then. This is a, like, Russell Crowe, Kate Blanchett, Mark Strong, Mark Addy, Oscar Isaac, Danny Houston, Max Van Sydow, and uh, William Hurt. What a cast. Mm -hmm. 
But it's still not. A, I mean, it wasn't a particularly memorable movie. No. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, it, it was a, a Robin Hood starring Russell Crowe, you wouldn't really, you know, it wouldn't really stick in the mind. And I mean, it's not like Robin Hood, you know, doesn't get plenty of movie adaptations because, as you said, twenty, you know, twenty eighteen, we had the Taron Edgerton one, and then you know, way back in uh, nineteen ninety one, of course, before that, you had the famous one with. Uh, with uh, Kevin Costner, uh, where he couldn't maintain an accent. So Floyd, uh, <laughs> yeah, Jamie Foxx was Little John in the 2018 one. That's weird. Well, the, and then the, well, the, well, uh, it, what, beyond that, you had uh, in the in the 1991 one, you had uh, um, Morgan Freeman as a as a supporting role in that one as well. So, all right, so Eric and Floyd tied it to a piece. Let's go to number five, please. Goodbye, my son. Eric, go ahead, Eric. Man of Steel. Very well done, Eric. That would be Man of Steel. And what makes that one really interesting, as we've been talking about it, is that if you think about it, both of the guys who play Superman's father played Robin Hood. So <laughs> just an, an, odd, an odd bit of casting that uh, Superman, that Cal El, Superman's Kryptonian father, was Russell Crowe, and then his human father, uh, uh, what is? <laughs> Ah, Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but I was trying to think of of, of his of, of Kent's first name, but yep, he was played by Kevin Costner. So both of them Robin Hood. So. The uh, the Krypton part of that movie was uh, arguably the best part of it. Probably, uh, <laughs> and I think it's, it was kind of downhill for the entire Zack Snyder contribution to the DC. Yup. After that, so <laughs> so Eric. Three, Floyd, two. Uh, I don't know if you're going to catch up on this one. Uh, Probably not. But we'll give it a shot. He's old. He's arthritic. I'm sorry, Jimmy. It's over. Go home to me and the kids, Jim. Go home with what? Go home with what? They said I'm through, mate. There can't be a boxer no more. You know, they keep cutting shifts down. It's a boxing movie. Just don't get picked every yeah, day. Yeah, but they remember the name of the boxing movie. Floyd, to sell. Mm-hmm. Do I need to pack the kids? Yeah. Send them away. That all of it. What is it, Jeff? It is entitled no Cinderella Man. Uh, that oh. was 2005, based upon the true story of a boxer who uh, was able to mount a remarkable career comeback during the uh, Great Depression. But uh, it was it, it was a really it was well received at the time, and I wasn't sure if anybody would remember it, so I gave it a shot, and nobody did. Okay, good. So, <laughs> so. Eric, if you can get this one, you obviously cement it. Floyd, you can tie still if you can get number seven, please. Man I worked for at one of the biggest companies in New York City. He didn't own his own company. White man owned it, so they owned him. Oh. They owned me, though. Now do you not, you know Eric? Bribery? Eric, go for it. The Equalizer? Extortion? No, that's not Integrity. the Equalizer. The murder? Racketeering. You've got the action. Obviously. Never forgetting where we came from. Oh, want to take a shot, or is that it? No, give me a look. Oh, what is the name of this so movie? What's weird about it is this right? very, Huh? Was there a sequel to this? No, there was not a sequel to this. Okay, I'm thinking of the wrong movie. Anyway. You're also thinking of The Equalizer. So I, oh, is that the name of that movie? Okay. I, I, like, all right. I can visualize it, but I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking like mid-2000s, 2008? Uh, uh, 2008. It was actually a very big hit that year. It is American Gangster. That's right. Which, is, which was a movie with, yeah, yeah obviously it was another, compl- uh, another uh, working uh, relationship between Russell Crowe and uh, director Ridley Scott, who had also done Gladiator, but of course, the big star of that one was Denzel Washington. So, but no, um, no Amistad, Jeff, or nah, wait, what, was it Master and Commander. I I would have thrown in Master and Commander, but I thought that one would be even less that people would remember that one. So Is, wasn't he freeing black slaves in that one, or was he bringing no, slaves? No, no, that, that that was not. You know, Amistad was 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 the. One that dealt with slavery. Master and Commander was more of a just an ex- exploration uh, thriller and so forth. So got it. Okay, but, but well done. But well done, Eric. You know, you got uh, three of the three of the of the seven, which has to be a a low a low watermark for number of uh, movies that were successfully got in a in a one trailer game. But well done, except for that. So awesome. Well, uh, we got streaming stuff. What are we gonna watch? What should be on the radar for this week? Indeed. Have either of you watched Project Power yet? No. Speaking, no. Speaking of Jamie Foxx, this is the new 
superhero uh, superpower uh, movie based, you know, that is coming to Netflix. It's gotten reasonably decent reviews, yeah. but uh, yeah, but I'm not sure if I'm if I'm ready for yet another superhero movie in some form or something superhero in a in a world that it feels overpowered and glutton with. Them. Me too. Me yeah. me me too. Um, and I I think I Floyd, you're caught up with the boys, right? I've never watched the boys. Okay, you got it. I told you I stopped after someone was nursing, and I was like, "Oh, this oh, is weird." Yeah, yeah. Uh, remember, I was like, "I'm out." I'm out. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, I'm with you. Whether they're adaptations or somebody's got an idea, like I'm a little burned out. Like unless it's, and this is very close-minded of me because some of these are actually pretty good, but unless it's like IP or a brand or a character I'm familiar with, like, oh great, another superhero show. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, it's just gonna have to be that ultimately. Once you know we get back into the into theaters and so forth, I think the you know, getting to see big sweeping events of daring do on a big screen is going to be a big deal again. But for right now, you know, it just it doesn't feel special right now just because there've been so many over the last two decades. So. It's a, it's it's literally and, and maybe it always has been, but it has literally become a trope to pounce off of to create an entire uh, piece of content. Like, they have superhero power, and it might be a, a very small starting point, but it turns into the larger plot, and uh, anyway, so... And not to, not to mention, it's just, I mean, every, almost every angle you could possibly think of has kind of been done already. We've seen a dozen, you know, de- you know deconstructions of superheroes, satirical takes on superheroes, taking things in a different direction, focusing on the real people. That's what Boys is all about, of superheroes. I mean, basically, it feels like almost every angle on the basic concept has been done. And yeah. it's hard, it, until it, it might be a time to, you know, to let, let it grow for a little bit, let the daisies grow, and let uh, you know, people with, with more creative ideas come back to it later. I, I think the one, and it's years ago now, the one where I was like, okay, I don't have to watch all of these, was... Will Smith, the serious men in black movie that Will Smith did with the alien cop in in LA. Oh, uh, um, gosh, what was that? It was it was on um, it was on Netflix. Netflix, yeah. yeah so. At that point, I was like, all right, I don't have to watch all of these. At first, I was thinking that you were you were talking about Hancock. At that point, I'm like, holy crap! Mm-hmm. When, when we could stop and say which superhero which movie are you referring to that starred Will Smith, there might be a problem. Right. <laughs> Uh, speaking of, there might be a problem. I can't believe that we we live in a world where there are you know three different Johnny English movies, but that just got added to Netflix. The original one, the uh, from way back in I think in the mid two thousands, uh, but that is the comedy uh, spy series uh, uh, that uh, stars Mr. Bean. So, but um, I you know, it's one of those things where it just feels weird that 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 one somehow got two sequels out of it. And uh, speaking of Les Mis, by the way. Uh, Floyd, if you if you uh, wanted to check out the movie again, that just got added to Netflix as well. No. All right. <laughs> Good to know. Okay, so, but on Amazon Prime as well, if you wanted to see a different take on the material, they just added the British TV series adaptation of Les Misérables. I mean, Les Mis is one of those is one of those stories that just keeps getting adapted in myriad forms over the course of its history. But that's available on uh, Amazon Prime as we speak. And okay, I want Jeff, li- wait, I yeah. gotta, I gotta do something real fast. You guys are gonna be on with me, but uh, don't say anything. I gotta do a quick traffic report. Okay. No problem. Everybody, sit tight. There. Delete. Q105 traffic. 475 West of Pro Medica. There is an accident there, so a heads up in that area. If there's another incident I'm not seeing, text 419-240-1055. And of course, your usual construction spots this morning. That's your Q105 morning reboot right now. Traffic. How about that? Nice. That was awful. (laughs) What what was wrong with that? (laughs) That was awful. There was lackluster, no enthusiasm, no personality, but whatever. I hope people don't crash. I don't 
don't know what he's talking about, Eric. That, I thought that went very well. So. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I'm sorry, Jeff. Sorry to interrupt. I was, Not a problem. Um, okay, what are we up to? My apologies. Uh, we are still on Amazon Prime. I would like yep. to point out Peanut Butter Falcon, which is a, a sleeper hit last year uh, um, in terms of, like, the art houses that end up making about $23 million, which is big for a small art house film like this one. That, that That's the one that starts Shia LaBeouf as a fisherman who's on the run with a man with Down syndrome. Uh, there's a professional wrestling subplot. It's an odd movie, but people really enjoyed it. So if you wanted to check that out, that is now on Amazon Prime, as is uh, The King of Staten Island. Has anybody watched this one yet? This is the new Judd Apatow movie that uh, is coming is out one- straight I I, I I don't want to see free TV of uh, Pete Is Davidson. Pete Davidson. Yeah, I'm yeah, actually interested it. in that movie because I want to see if he can be serious and awake. Well, it, well, <laughs> <laughs> I said it. I don't care. I'm yeah, but, interested. But it's, but it's interesting that it's getting released. Basically, it's direct to Amazon Prime, uh, and it ends up with uh, also a VOD release right now. So if you're interested in checking that out, that is available up there. Uh, Jeff, and, can I go back for one second? Sure. Thank- uh, Whoever his PR group is, whoever his agents are, uh, Shia LaBeouf needs to buy them all really nice watches <laughs> because he was a he was a problem. Like after, like oh, yeah. he was the total person who had too much money and too much time on their hands when they weren't working, and he was he was on the death watch. Like he would have been a nice like four seed in the Lindsay Lohan region of he ain't making it to thirty. So good for him <laughs> for getting his life together and doing these really. Um, uh, personality-driven, talent-driven, artsy movies, and mm-hmm. I believe the story from a week or so ago that said the MCU is looking at him for like potentially a, a big role. So credit to his people for getting him back on track because he forget about like his career going off the rails. He could have been dead. Yeah, and I think that ultimately there's a lot of things, especially you know the the autobiographical movie that he made in an effort to like dem- you know talk about what happened to him. There was a lot of like you know uh, issues with him on a uh, mental health level as yeah. well. Yeah. And that, you know, and so he deserves a lot of credit as well for pulling himself out of that. And that, you know, it is something where you never know what's going to, you know, what exactly the impact is of, uh, you know, a life growing up in Hollywood. And that, you know, that he has successfully, you know, found a way back and end up, you know, earning his way back also into the, you know, the interest and good graces of the, of the audiences and so forth to the point where, you know, when Shia LaBeouf is in something, we're interested in it again. And, and, and that's, that, you know, there's a lot to be said on a career level, but also a lot to be said on a personal level. That he Absolutely. So, all right, let's go back to Hulu a little bit. Cause we're, we're going back into the world of Russell Crowe. Cause guess what just went up on Hulu uh, there? Lame is. No, not Les Mis. We already covered Les Mis. Master and Commander just went up ah. on Hulu, by the way. <laughs> so well done. If you wanted to see that one, that is now on Hulu. Also, I want to give a shout-out to a really, really good remake of a classic Western called 310 to Yuma that got added to Hulu. Christian Bale's in that, right? Yep, yep. That, and it's a brilliant, brilliant story about a, about a uh, small farmer that has to keep a... Uh, a um, Notorious outlaw under guard until the train that's taking him to uh, to to jail arrives, and it's just a great, you know, great gritty western. So if you want to check that out, you can check out either the original one or that remake from I believe it was like 2011 somewhere in there. So, meanwhile, as uh, could go completely off the opposite direction. Uh, has anybody ever seen the original Hellraiser from 1987? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a which is a horror flick uh, that uh, Clive Barker, the uh, famous uh, horror writer, was behind, and inspired. I am not making this up. Ten sequels that have followed. In There's that oh. many. Oh yes, and they're talking about doing another one because the thing of it is that the film, the makers of that series, desperately want to hold on to the rights of that series, and they only keep the rights. If they keep making sequels, oh, it's the so spider—it's the Spider-Man disease. Pretty much. So yeah, so you have to be. So all things considered, they just keep making Hellraiser movies, and in the ensuing three decades, they have revisited that franchise somehow ten times. So. Of, of all the '80s horror icons, uh, I always felt like he—that Pinhead. Pinhead was the most overlooked and underrated like i wouldn't Mm -hmm. the texas chainsaw guy like that was just straight up creepy 
And the Rob the Rob uh, Zombie movie scared the hell out of me. But you know, if a guy with a hockey mask and a machete comes after me, kind of slow. Uh, Freddie can only get me in dreams, and Michael Myers. All things considered, pretty slow as well. But a guy with 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 a head like a pincushion, no way. You can have me. I am sacrificing myself to you because the amount of pain you're going through, you know, I just have a lot of sympathy for that. Uh huh. Basically, if you're if you're fighting a masochist, in the grand scheme of things, there's not much you can do to that right. at that point, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, also on Disney Plus this coming Friday, the live action version of uh, Beauty and the Beast finally goes up. Finally, Plus. yeah, I know they've they've been holding off on that one for a while, haven't they? But that that one finally goes up on Friday, so you can check that out. And on video on demand, I want to give a a shout out to a new documentary entitled "Happy Happy Joy Joy: The Ren and Stimpy Story," which has less now become a story about Ren and Stimpy and more about the rise and fall of its creator John Kay. Uh, there's been a ton of controversy about him for very good reason. Uh, you never seen. Give me the yeah. sh- give me the tweet length version of that because it's some pretty awful stuff, right? Yeah, basically all it is. Basically, the simple version of it is he's, he used his fame and fortune to groom and sexually exploit uh, underage girls. So no, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, um, and so John Kay has kind of become persona non grata. And what's weird is that the reviews I've read talk about how the film does get into it, and obviously they, there's no way around it. But they don't, like, it feels like it was almost an afterthought tacked on, like they were just making a movie about Ren and Stimpy, and then all this stuff came out and there was no way around it. So, you know, I would have appreciated being a little bit more, you know, really, you know, discussing, you know, this horrible side of of this man who, and really leading it into the question of, you know, at, you know, like, how can you separate the art from the artist in this kind of environment? I don't, I, you know, for me, I, I, I find it difficult. And I don't know if there if there are a lot of people out there who can still enjoy Ren and Stimpy now that this has come out about the guy who brought it to us. Yeah, I, I saw some people uh, writing about that, or, or, you know, I don't know, whoever you want to call them. I, I saw some opinions of, this was my show, I loved it, but I, I just can't watch Correct. it anymore, and I, I don't want I don't want it promoted in any way, shape, or form. And I think the three of us have talked about this enough to know that, you know, some things cross lines for us. Some things we have deeper passions for. We can compartmentalize, and the perfect example is often R. Kelly. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But but some 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 shows as well, and yeah, that's a that's a pretty grisly one. So mm-hmm. yeah, we, we we live in a time where we, the more you learn about somebody, the more you're going to need to learn where your borderline is on that. Yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about that before you popped on. As there's another day of, of, of Ellen stories. So ah, uh, yes, indeed. indeed. Uh, wrap us up. Oh, wrap us up with one final good watch, and then we'll move on to one other thing uh, quickly as we end. All right. Well, I was going to point out that back on Amazon Prime, for those of you looking for something cool to watch with your kids, they recently put up the Berenstain Bears uh, animated series from uh, way back when. But I was going to say to this, uh, everybody in the room, shout it out. Did you remember that it was Berenstain? Not Steen Bears, or would you would you would you still have called it Berenstain Bears? Isn't that it's a- Bernstein Bears? Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's totally <laughs> Bernstein Bears. I remember seeing some kind of online quiz, and there were four different ways you could spell that, and I thought all of them were right. <laughs> <laughs> but it is Baron B E R E N Stain. S-T-A-I-N. And the reason I'm bringing this up is the listing that I saw this on spelled it wrong still after all that oh, controversy. Man. I am stunned that there are still people who are getting that wrong after all this time. That's not a case of there, there, or lose, loose. Like right. that, that's a that's a tough one. Um, all the all the E's and the A's can be readily ch- swapped out on that one. Right. Because so. uh, we pronounce it different. It, that's a tough one. Last thing. Hey, you're going back to work, aren't you? Um, in theory, shortly. <laughs> yes, indeed. It has been announced that the movie theater at Levis Commons will be reopening as of the 28th. However, I will say that there are other factors that uh, may be changing, but I, I, we're not quite ready to announce that yet. I will, mm. I will, I will keep you posted okay. uh, in the loop 
uh, within the next few days, I promise. Can you so. tell me off the record, off the podcast? Uh, eventually. I okay. Will. Okay, not a problem. <laughs> all right, well then, uh, that is a wonderful tease because I, I think you know that of all things during this, like I have really missed my Wednesday mid-morning movies. I am well aware, but I will keep you in the loop okay. in terms of like when things are going to be starting up, okay? Yeah. Hey, Jeff, one last thing. Uh, personally speaking, uh, I didn't love the Avengers beta that I played. I'm oh, okay. deeply concerned that they're going to loot and microtransaction me to death, and that's mm-hmm. not my style. Yep, there's been a lot of discussion about that. I hope that uh, things get ironed out before the release, or that at the very least that it's not something where you know, play to win is going to be a really big part of it. There's, there's the, a lot of people talking about that. The character screens, it, it looks like it looks like a physics project. Like there's just so <laughs> there's so much going on, and I'm just like auto auto spend. I mean, it was the gameplay was okay, but with the character screens, we're just like reading a goddamn encyclopedia. There's a level of complication that just, once you go past that, it's just not interesting anymore. I, I love when I was reading some of the reviews, and granted, it's not necessarily targeted and targeted them, but the point stands. The tweeter or the commenter was like, how is an 11-year-old supposed to comprehend this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, very true. I mean, there, with something like Avengers, you have to expect a wide swath of the audience to be interested, and if, and if it's something where they just can't even remotely get into it, then it's not worth it. Do you love the ghost game? I have not gotten to it yet. I'm afraid. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I just keep getting in situations where there's so much else I have to worry about, and right now Cuphead is taking up way too much of my time. So <laughs> Cuphead? Cuphead. It is a excellent uh, uh, 2D platform slash boss fight game that's hmm. drawn to look exactly like old school uh, animation from the 1920s. So it looks like you're playing like Steamboat Willie. Okay. Uh, with that, with that type of thing, and it and like it really is a fascinating game to look at, and then you start playing it, and the the platforming and the boss fighting are tough as hell. Floyd, so, head, heads up uh, on that note. I don't know if they're on the Nintendo Switch Store, but there's a lot of those games if you dig a little bit on the PlayStation Store, and they they look like imagine all those games that we grew up with playing kids that we do up up down down left right all that for, but the graphics are better and they're better made, and you know. They're all like under twenty bucks. I've seen these T-shirts. A hot topic. <laughs> yeah, Cu- Cuphead is on the Switch, uh, Floyd. So if you wanted to check it out, it's only twenty bucks. It's while we're at the time, you'll get like dozens of hours of gameplay out of it. So yeah, they, downloading I wanna, now. I want to say that like some <laughs> of these games, they look like somebody who actually wasn't high doing Contra. <laughs> or maybe they were high on something else and were able to still stay lucid enough to make a really great game. Like one of them was like 25 bucks and that was like $10 more than I was willing to risk. But I was right. really close because there were different heroes. They had different weapons. It was 2D, but the graphics are good. I was like, oh. yeah, there's a lot of those games on, on the stores and, and they're probably worth it. That's me Definitely downloading not. Cuphead right now. Just Did so you know. really? I sure am. <laughs> it looks funny. You said only $20? Yep. $20 it's, on a meal. I can buy it, this game. It's 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 cheap, and it's really, really good. Just be prepared to be very frustrated because it is hard as hell. So enjoy yourself, Floyd. Jeff, thanks for everything this week. I look forward. Now I'm going to wake up every morning wondering what you're going to tell us for uh, for that big tease. I will let you know as soon as I can, okay? All right, Jeff. Thanks very much. Yep. Bye. Um, so- oh, but there's also Super Kirby Clash. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, oh, I like this game too. Oh, it's a free download. <gasps> oh, it, if, it, if it's free, that means the, in, the in-app purchases? Yeah, I'm not about that life. All right. So, yeah, sorry. I'm downloading Cuphead. I want to buy it. Cuphead. What was your favorite Nintendo game as a kid? Super Mario Brothers 3. But if we if you want to take Mario Brothers away from me. And I do. Ooh, you you said what you said like fav, favorite Nintendo game? Nintendo, yeah. Oh, those the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Oh, I love that. I can that never game. beat level 1. Never. What was level Which 1? You, it was, was the- they were in the sewer and you had to jump from one pillar to the other and I can never make it, but like and they had like the little robot thing that would like scroll up and down on the wall and shoot you. Yeah. Oh, but I played that game like I was the best 
turtle ever. But yeah, um, I definitely Ninja Turtles. If did, I can't pick um, Mario, did you play? You, you played the arcade TMNT game, right? Yes, and they have it on. They have it for Walmart at Walmart for like two ninety nine. Like you could actually buy the arcade game. Yeah, like, yeah. But I don't have that much money. But one day, that game. If I ever become like rich and like can just blow my money, I would. My one of my dream goals, if I, I'm probably too old to even achieve achieve this goal. But like, I would have an arcade in the basement. It's a great idea. Yeah, I want my own arcade in the basement. People want movie theaters or like uh, an Olympic sized pool. I'm like, no, I want my own arcade. I want ski ball. I want, I want my own. Yeah, I want, I want my own arcade. Okay. That uh, that turtle game is, was floating out there on some of the online stores because I had it like I don't know like eight or nine years ago. I bought it and beat it super quick, but that was a great game. There have been a lot of great turtle games. Why is that not on the Switch? Now I'm like, do I want to buy Cuphead or look for the Nintendo game? I mean, do, the- do both. What do you have planned for today? I have to work. Somebody's got to mine the store, right? Well, I'm not by myself today, so that's good. Okay. No, so now Thursday I may be by myself because, sorry, the girl I work with, she always calls off is there. The uh, the more you're with yourself, the more reels videos we get. Yes, and I love it because um, my heart will go on. That was so good. I'm a real celebrity. Like I just want to put that out. Like. TikTok didn't work for me because it was too confusing. But I'll I'll jump on the Reels bandwagon because it does everything for you. There's a lot there's a lot of new things to play with on the Instagram screen, and I don't want to say it's too much for me, but I ignore most of it. Also, people cheat and post their TikToks on Reel, and I just yeah. think you're a Like, stick to your own freaking platform. Yeah. Well, maybe Susan. maybe it'll get banned soon or something. I don't know. Um. All right, <laughs> want to wrap this up? Yeah. Bye. Toodle.